Well, the prime minister today said that it was, quote, absolutely unacceptable that any Canadian representative attended a party at the Russian embassy in Ottawa last week. Justin Trudeau was being grilled by interim leader of the opposition, Candace Bergen, about it. It comes after it was revealed in a report that the office of the foreign affairs minister, Melanie Jolie, was in fact aware that the deputy chief of protocol was going to attend a Russia Day event at the embassy in Ottawa last Friday. Although, here's what Jolie told reporters yesterday. I didn't know, and... That's why I'm frustrated, of course, but of course, I'm the, I'm the minister. So of course, I, the buck stops here, and that's why I'm telling you that it should not have happened, and it can't go forward uh, and, and happening anytime. Like I mean, it won't happen again. So here's the strange part about this. When the Global Mail first uncovered this story and called uh, Global Affairs on the weekend, they were told, well, wait a second, this is just normal course of business stuff. And then about a few hours later, they got a very urgent message back saying, not at all. This was a mistake. We'll never do it again. So what is going on there? Well, we thought we'd try and get a perspective from someone who might know the background here. Colin Robertson is, in fact, a former diplomat and vice president and fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, and he joins me now from Ottawa. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Good to be with you, Ben. So uh, this is this is a tough one to figure out, uh, but someone in your shoes will know what perhaps was going on behind the scenes. Uh, what do you think happened here, and, and would you call it a disaster? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I think... Uh, it's it's a standard operating procedure for uh, a protocol officer to go to all national days with whom we have with countries with whom we have relations. And while Russia is certainly an adversary, and in the case of Ukraine, an enemy, we still have a relation a relationship Russia it is, with Russia. It is, after all, the largest country in the world, and we have we share a border in the Arctic with with uh, with Russia. And Given the, we, the relationship is now as strained as it has ever has been, and given the sanctions we've imposed, from a diplomatic perspective, it's even more important to keep some form of contact. Remember, we still have interests in Russia. There are Canadians with families in Russia. There will, may well be Canadians that get picked up by Russia because they're fighting in Ukraine, and we'll need to follow up with that. So you've got to have a relationship with Russia, and that's what diplomats do. Uh, going to a national day is not... A, a, a housekeeping seal of approval for the regime. It's simply a means to conduct relations which are important for a country like Canada, a G7 country, a G20 country. We are, after all, a country of the world. And as I point out, Russia is also a neighbor. So I think that we were correct to be there. It also serves the purpose of, uh, because we don't have a lot of contact with the Russians, of hearing what they're saying, because at their national day, their ambassador will speak. And the message that he gives out will be of interest both to us, but also to our NATO allies, our G7 partners, and the Five Eyes community. And we also would like to assess who else is at the national day, certain African countries, uh, Venezuela, Cuba, uh, who else? I think uh, so. Not many. <laughs> but you have to be there. Do you? And, and that's what I diplomats mean, I mean, do. Do you, though? I mean, I only say that because... Uh, the foreign affairs minister has, has literally walked this back so fast you can almost see the see the wheels spinning. So sure, if, but, if this was good to do, then 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 where where was it all of a sudden decided that this was had been a terrible idea? Well, I think we're, now we're talking about domestic politics and diaspora politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Canadians of Ukrainian descent are about four percent of the population. They have significant presence and uh, weight. Of after generations, people like Christopher Freeland, of course, our deputy prime minister, people like. Uh, 
the James Bazan, the conservative defense uh, critic. There are a number within the House of Commons. So I, I, you know, I understand that. That's that's politics, and that's what democracy is about. So the minister takes a stand on politics. I I hope somebody was giving her the policy side of it as well. Uh, I'm not sure that is the case because they were so quick to rush to judgment and throw the diplomats under the bus. Uh, I mean, to to me, that's the role of the deputy minister. The deputy minister should be in there defending the the foreign service who, to me, were simply doing their job. You can question whether we should have sent the deputy chief for protocol, perhaps more appropriate to send a junior protocol officer. But I think being there was useful from a Canadian perspective. And it certainly doesn't give an endorsement of the, the Russian position in any way. There's no doubt on both the Canadian position, the prime minister, the foreign minister, the deputy prime minister, defense minister, everybody down, the, the House of Commons condemnation. The Russians know where we stand. But as I say, it is important for us because we have broader interests, longer term interests to maintain some kind of contact, Canada, Russia, and that's why, for example, we still have our ambassador in Moscow and why the Russians have their ambassador here. There have been suggestions that we should withdraw our ambassador. From my perspective, that's always the worst thing to do because you need to know, and especially when you're dealing with a nuclear power and somebody like Putin, to have somebody there who can assess the situation in Moscow and feedback Canadian eyes, ears, and a Canadian voice. Colin, does this create any issues, though, just about cohesion within foreign affairs? I mean, it, clearly, this was something that happened. Uh, there was an initial statement that sort of suggested what you just said, which is, you know, here's why we did this and here's why we think it was justified. And that was that was withdrawn very quickly. And it, it, it just it feels like it stains a bit. And I wonder what you think the impact of that might be more broadly on on everybody, including the diplomats who who are working at global affairs. Well, the Foreign Minister Jolie, who I think has the confidence of the Prime Minister and is energetic and has certainly been devoting a lot of energy to the government's principal file, which is Ukraine, uh, has just launched an initiative to look at diplomacy writ large. The Senate Foreign Affairs Committee is looking at the Foreign Service. And I think both of these are quite timely because I think diplomacy should be looked at, social media, Public diplomacy matters a lot more than it did, for example, when I joined the Foreign Service. And Canada, I think we, we are living now in a meaner and messier world. And if Canada wants to play, we need to have a first-class diplomatic service, a first-class foreign service. But diplomacy, as I say, has changed. Uh, and I think that this should fit into that. And I hope in the discussion there's a recognition that for a country like Canada, you need to stay engaged with everyone in the world, partly because we represent, we are made up of people from all the world, and our weight in the world, in fact, comes in part from our our position vis-a-vis the United States. The United States does tend to look to us often for what we're picking up, and that underlines why we need a, a, a global diplomatic service and why we need to have relationships with the rest of the world. You know, my view is we should be not just have our ambassador in Moscow, but we should have an ambassador in Pyongyang and North Korea, because they're a potential threat to Canada, because they have ballistic missiles now, as well as in Tehran, which is a country which is also on the cusp of, of trying to achieve uh, nuclear status, which is something Canada consistently, we were the first country to, to, to kind of reject the idea of nuclear weapons, because we had the capacity to do so, thanks to the work we had done during the Second World War.
Now, I, I've been to Pyongyang and I've been to Moscow, and I can tell you that my my conversations with people there is that essentially our foreign affairs, our, our ambassador specifically in Moscow, was so completely cut off that they didn't learn anything. That they were essentially sitting there doing not much. Well, um, is that just? I mean, I, that's my that's what I heard and that's what I saw. Uh, so I'm not. I'm just not sure that our that our presence there is what we think it is. If the other side doesn't want to play ball. No, they, they, they may not. But at the same time, that ambassador will be talking to his counterparts in the other G7 nations and in other places. He gets out and walks the streets. He can see the effect of the uh, sanctions on the Russian economy. Only you have to be there to be able to do that. You can't do that through Zoom or through just watching TV or with great respect, just listening to how the media reports things. That's These are all important assets. But at the end of the day, a trained professional diplomat who speaks the language and has probably had a posting there before, and I think it's a woman right now. Uh, you know, they they can they are relied upon by the foreign minister. The foreign minister can phone them and say, "Okay, what are you hearing from others?" And again, that only comes from being there. You can't do diplomacy from ten thousand miles away or by Zoom. Colin Robertson, thank you for your perspective. Very uh, very interesting as always. Thanks, Ben.